Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast, and with me is a special guest from the Dong City Podcast. It's Vince Mercandetti. How you doing, Vince? I'm good, Felipe. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a little hoarse. I'm a little hoarse. You know, it's a lot of uh, screaming from this past weekend, um, and I'm still kind of exhausted. Yeah. A lot of, there's a lot to cheer about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but as uh, you know, as some of you guys may or may not know, Vince and I, we uh, diverged on two roads. He went to Florida. Well, actually, he lives in Florida, but he went to Miami. I went to Phoenix, Arizona, and we were both watching the uh, separate pools that were there at the World Baseball Classic. So we only have a little bit of time with you, Mr. Mercadetti. So uh, let's just get going here. How was it? How did you, how was Miami uh, this past weekend? It, it was cool. You know, I, when I first thought about this, I was like, I want to go because it's a spectacle, right? You know, as baseball fans, this is something to do. Um, it's like going to an all-star game in my mind. Uh, and I knew it'd be cooler than spring training. So, you know, I, I, my mother-in-law lives in uh, Cooper City about 30-ish minutes outside of Miami. So we're like, we'll make a weekend out of it. I'll bring my wife and my daughter um she didn't go to the game my wife went to the game but my daughter didn't uh she won so we you know so I bought the tickets and and I'm buying tickets and I you know Puerto Rico Nicaragua is the first game I bought which was for the Saturday game at noon and I wanted to see a Puerto Rican crowd (laughs) quite honestly that was why I bought those tickets it was the opener in Miami um I don't know much. I didn't know much about Nicaraguan baseball. Um, didn't realize it was their first time in the tournament. Didn't realize, honestly, they had fans. And I don't mean that, you know, in any sort of rude sort of way. I didn't know Miami had a Nicaraguan population. I didn't know Nicaraguans were baseball fans, to be honest. Um, so the first game, Puerto Rico, Nicaragua was like a total zoo. You know, we can get into that in a second. And then I also wanted to go to the second game. I was like, if I'm going to be there, I might as well go to two. So we do Israel versus Nicaragua just by chance. It's Nicaragua again. Um, but also I was like, well, Israel might have a chance to win that game. I would root for them. My wife is Jewish. My daughter's Jewish. Um, I was married Jewish. So, you know, that was sort of my thought process. Let me get two games in here. It's on the weekend. Uh, should you know, Nicaragua, Israel, maybe not the most name brand teams, but that should be a good game. And I want to see a big team like you know, Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico. And that so that's what I did. I went to the two games. I'm not mistaken, you also did two, right? I did three, three games. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. So you went yeah. to three games. I went to three games, and that's why that's part of the reason okay. why I'm exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that's a lot. Yeah, good for you. What games did you go to? Oh, yes. Um, the first game was Mexico versus Colombia, and uh, that knocked that knocked a lot out of us. I, I went with my, with my friend Adrian. We just got there in the nick of time from the airport, um, and after the game was said and done, we were emotionally drained, physically exhausted. It was a hell of a roller coaster ride. It's probably one of the best. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be too uh, uh, exaggerative here, uh, Vincent. But that might have been one of the greatest events I've ever been in uh, uh, live in person, and um, it, it was a hell of a ride. And unfortunately, I did not get the results that I wanted. I wanted Mexico to win so bad, and who knew that Jorge Alfaro would be such a threat? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's at this point he's public enemy number one, right there with Escobar and all those other guys there. But uh, no. Um, it, I mean, it, I, I can't say enough. I don't even know where to start, but it 
it's electric. I mean, you you mentioned that you wanted to see a Puerto Rican crowd. Uh, do yourself a favor and check out a Mexican crowd. I thought that yeah. that energy was only reserved for soccer games, but apparently there are some diehard baseball fans out there too. And my only question would have been was, are these actual people from Mexico coming from Mexico or is this just the large Mexican-American contention from Arizona and obviously here, my friend and I from Chicago, uh, rooting on for Team Mexico. Regardless, it was electric, one of the most hostile crowds I've ever been to until I went to see Team USA versus Great Britain, which that was my other point that, that I wanted to discuss here with you today was um, there's been a lot of flack about Team USA from the team, how the roster was construct uh, was roster, how the rust roster was structured, sorry, and how culturally speaking, Team USA is not, uh, you know, they're not uh, into this tournament. It's kind of a blase attitude they have. I, I'm just going to say this. I was there uh, for Saturday night and as well as Sunday night for Mexico versus uh, Team USA as well. Team USA fans showed up, man, and they were loud. They created a, an extremely hostile environment against Great Britain. I don't want to hear excuses. The fans showed up for their team. When we were getting ready for Mexico versus USA, they were loud and obnoxious. And I'm uh, obnoxious is a, is a harsh word, but you know what I mean. They were, they were, their presence was felt. And yeah. I, I just don't think it's fair. I mean, unless, unless I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just nostalgic or maybe I'm biased because I was there. I just don't want, I, I just don't think it's fair for Team USA to have that kind of reputation. Oh, well, they don't even care. They just it's not important to yeah. them. The fans don't care. But I thought I was there. They do care. I mean, what do you think, Vince? Yeah, I mean that that was a weird angle to me. I saw that kind of breaking out in race in baseball life that USA doesn't care about winning and the fans didn't like weren't as good or, or whatever as other fan bases. Now I made a point based on my own experience, you know, I didn't, I didn't see us in action. I have a pretty good idea. as to what us fans are like, I've seen us go, you know, show up for soccer matches. Obviously soccer is not exactly the cup of tea in this country. Uh, but you put us in a big game, you know, a, a must win type of game. I've seen our fans show up. So I wasn't worried about that. It was kind of weird to me when people said they weren't, and I've got the numbers to back me up. But, you know, I, I posted this earlier today on your side of things, Columbia, Mexico, great attendance, 28,500, basically. Uh, Great Britain, U.S. was 40,000 <laughs> and U.S. Mexico, which we'll get to, was 47,000, which is right now the clubhouse leader in any location in the world for uh, for the World Baseball Classic. So U.S. showed up. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, they're hosting on my side of things. The point I made is not that one type of celebrating is better than the other, um, but the point I made was this Nicaragua, Puerto Rico game we know is going to be a blowout. Um, I'm showing up and I want to see, you know, I've seen on TV, Caribbean series games, things like that. I know what Latino crowds are, are different. You know, they celebrate differently, not in a better or worse way to me, but they celebrate differently. And they're very, very active in all moments, which was weird for me. Like that was a weird adjustment for me because I'm talking Felipe at one point in the Israel Nicaragua game. Nicaragua has a runner on first with no outs and they bunt and advance the runner to second. It's an out at first. They were flipping out. You would have, if you closed your eyes and that moment took place, you would think there was a go ahead home run hit. It was that loud, which first of all, again, didn't know there was Nicaraguan fans. And on 10 secondly, didn't know that, that they celebrate that way. So for me, that was a really cool experience. Nicaragua, Puerto Rico was two different fan bases. I'm not used to 
celebrating in their own sort of way. And Puerto Ricans are very loud. I don't think that's a, revel a revelation. Um, you've hung out with someone like Henry. You know, you know how you know, <laughs> yell out. Um, that's part of their, you know, allure. But the Nicaragua Puerto Rico game for me was uh, I was mostly just observing the crowd. I didn't really have a dog in the race. I was rooting for Puerto Rico because, again, I was with Henry, who's Puerto Rican. Um, but that was kind of my experience. Puerto Rico wins 9-1. It was actually close. In the fifth inning, Nicaragua tied it at one. The place was going to explode. And then Puerto Rico had a massive inning in the bottom of the fifth, and they kind of poured it on from there. So that game was actually close for half of it. Um, Puerto Rico wins 9-1. Two hours, 44 minutes, Felipe, is the other thing I was looking at. That was an awesome game. You can talk to me all about pace of play, whether you're with shifts or without shifts, pitch clock, without pitch clock. If you sit me down for a two-hour and 45-minute baseball game, I'm a happy camper, and I love baseball. <laughs> it could have been three and a half hours. I wouldn't have left. It could have been four hours. I probably I wouldn't have left. But it was two hours and 44 minutes, and that was great. It ended before 3 p.m. Eastern time. I can do whatever I want the rest of the day. That's a great, That's a great day for me. 35,000 show up, um, so a really good crowd. And this was the other thing. I'm expecting about ten to 15,000 fans for that game. In my head, I'm like, it's Marlin Stadium. It's the World Baseball Classic. I'm into it. I don't know how, how widespread this is yet. I'm expecting about maybe 15,000 fans. We left my mother-in-law's house at uh, 10.30 to get to a 12 o'clock game. Figuring I'll put on some time for traffic because I've been to Lone Depot Park and I know right outside that ballpark, it's usually trafficy. Um, we we get to the parking lot around 11:15, and uh nothing happened right after that. Like the line outside, because gates open at 10:30, remember? So you can't like tell me, oh, you should have just gone like three hours early that really isn't an option especially in florida i don't know what the temperature was in arizona but it was like mid to high 80s in florida in miami and with that sun it feels like it's 90s um i wasn't about that so i'm thinking i'll get there 11 15 11 30 we'll be in our seats 11 45 12 o'clock we'll sit down we'll get something to eat we're good to go uh we didn't get i didn't get in that ballpark until 12 20 and it was it was a zoo. It was a party outside waiting in line. Uh, I'm with, you know, the Puerto Ricans and Nicaraguans waiting in line to get in that ballpark. I don't think that was my one. One of my criticisms, Lone Depot Park, I don't think was very equipped for this type of crowd because you're talking four times or three to four times the average attendance of a Marlins game <laughs> when it was 35,000 as opposed to what I'm expecting, which is 15 in the Marlins, as we established are averaging about 11 so for a regular season game. So it was a huge crowd by Marlin standards. I don't know how well they handled it. They turned my wife's purse away as a little like coach bag, not, you know, we're not knocking a shoulder bag. They turned that away, even though other people had bigger ones. She had to go back. I'm like waiting. I'm transferring the ticket. Big mess. I was ill-prepared for Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, but a great game, very digestible game. Um, very, very, very loud crowds. I, you know, I've been to a, a ALCS clincher in Yankee Stadium. I've been to a no-hitter in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is, I've been to about 16 ballparks. It's probably still one of the loudest, if not the loudest ballpark you can go to. Um, this was every, the high moments of these games were every bit as loud as I've heard in Yankee Stadium. It was, it was amazing. You talked about, you touched a little bit on the logistics of it all, you know, and we, uh, when we got there for Mexico versus Colombia, 
uh it was jam-packed outside and we got there super early too luckily we were able to get in on time with plenty of time but we were trying to get into the pro shop it might as well have been a mad zoo in there man it, it, it was chaotic people Good, were just I'm glad it was like that for you too not just me. grabbing i mean i was able to you know i didn't find anything i liked so i just kind of left and uh, we kind of uh walked around the stadium and then we find we found our seats so we got to our seats on time um and and everybody else in our party also got to their seats on time but it it, it was filled to the brim it was pretty chaotic and the, the one thing that we everybody in our in our little party was complaining about was the lack of staff in the concession stands especially on the set on the on the 300 level mm-hmm. section the second floor uh it, it seemed like it was a full uh setup on the first floor uh, where the 100 levels are yeah but lines were just huge humongous lines i at at some point we just um, a lot of us decided yeah i'm not missing any innings because i'm waiting i'm missing two innings or three innings because i can't get my hot dog or i can't get my beer so yeah we just basically especially for the usa versus britain game um well i mean that, that's what, what, what am i trying to say here no i didn't want to think for mexico colombia but i did go out for great britain and, and the usa and I, I did miss a couple of innings because of it the concession stands were so long that yeah, we, we might have missed a couple of innings here and there, but I was also, you know, <laughs> I was also walking around the stadium just trying to get my blood flow again because I was dead tired. I was falling asleep in the U.S. Great Britain <laughs> game. That is not a knock against Team USA. It's more of a knock on Great Britain more than anything. But well, that was uh, a late game too, right? It was an 8 p.m. Well, I guess for you it was 6 p.m. I mean, but still, I mean, lack of sleep. Um, yeah, we already went to that. I mean, like I told you, man, we're, we were exhausted after that first game. We were yeah. extremely tired. But, yeah, I think the lines, uh, there's – I don't know how it is in the regular season. I'm not sure what what the Diamondbacks do when when they have a, a regular season game. But it it that was a lot of complaining. Was how are these lines so big? Did they not expect a bunch of people from all over the world to show up for this to the stadium to watch these baseball games? So so it, I mean, yeah. was it long as well for you in Miami? The the concession stands. I had heard that. I mean, I kind of went at odd times. Like the first game, I didn't end up getting my lunch till like 1.30 p.m., which was about the fourth or fifth inning. So it, it wasn't that crazy. Um, truth be told, after the first game, I was like, look, if, you know, Leon Henry were also, or Leon and, and Jacob Moses were also there, I was like, if they want to do something during the day and they don't have tickets to the Israel-Nicaragua game. So I'm like, no one's going to want to go to the Israel-Nicaragua game. You know, I'm willing to skip that game. I only paid like, I don't know, $14 for the tickets. And I was in like this like eighth row on the first base side for that game. Whereas Puerto Rico, Nicaragua, I paid, I'd like 60 bucks. Maybe it was a pretty like regulation size ticket, at least if you're a Northeasterner. And I was in like the fifth row in right field. So that was a difference in pricing, but the second game, I'm like, I don't have to go to it, but I will if other people are going or there's nothing else happening. And sure enough, they were. So I go and again, the Nicaraguan crowd like impressed me. They showed up for that. That attendance was much smaller. It was only, it was like 20,000, but it's still almost twice a Marlins game and Israel's fan base. I will describe as cute. <laughs> I think that they um they showed up like there were there were more Israeli fans than I thought. Yeah. Um another problem I had with Lone Depot, I don't think they were prepared for was even a lowly team like Israel, which probably had the lowest, like the smallest fan base of anyone in this group. Right. Uh they sold out of Israel shirt jerseys before like by 10 a.m. of the game. <laughs> so there was nothing, like nothing 
for us to buy. I found this hay uh, in my third team store <laughs> in the, in Home Depot, in Lone Depot Park, and I bought it. <laughs> And then I happened to find the flag, which was only in two of the three. They had no more jerseys left, no balls. I bought a U.S. ball as my third souvenir. Um, but yeah, so that like the concept, like in that sense, the, the team store was not really prepared. Um, I didn't have a problem with concessions, though. I that that they did well. I thought their security was a little stupid. They sold me this Israeli flag holder, which is now you know hanging out with my with my other artifacts. Um, they sell it to me on the stick, right? Because it's like a, a little flag on a stick. And I'm waving that, you know, every time Israel did anything, I'm like waving that. And I happen to be in the last row of the first section closest to the field for that game. So I'm harming no one. Like I'm not even blocking anyone because the next set of seats is like, you know, 10 feet above me. Um, we go back to our seats at some point and the security guards like you have to take the flag off the holder. What? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you have to take the flag off the holder. It's too dangerous because you have a stick. And I'm like, but you sold me this flag. And he's like, I know, but they told me you have to remove it. So like, this is the kind of shit Lone Depot Park's doing. I'm like, why? Like, why are you lecturing me on this? You know, I'm going to go back to my seat and just put it back together. That's exactly what I did after this argument where I'm like, you sold me something that you deem is too illegal to have. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um. So like stuff like that was a was a below average experience, but the park itself operated well. The crowd was good. Um, that game was a little bit long, was also pretty quick. It was two hours, 50 minutes. So they were both basically the same. And that was an actual good game. It was uh one nothing Nicaragua until the eighth, and then Israel rallied off my guy Johnny Loizica. Yep. And uh and they win probably their only game. I doubt they're gonna beat the Dominicans tonight. Uh Nicaragua goes and gets and gets shut out across all four games scoring one run in each so fun game fun experience but there were like a little kinks that i think lone depot will have to work out but i mean you're talking again every single crowd was at least around twice the size of what the marlins do yeah maybe, maybe that's that a problem good. but i was surprised for the diamondbacks because i i would assume they draw better than the marlins could ever do at this point of their of, of their history right now yeah but uh no nah, i mean that was a big complaint i mean eddie uh, who was uh, chiming in he was there with us eddie morales from california he couldn't stop complaining about it because it's ridiculous. He, I mean, and he's a big team USA fan. He, I bet he missed a bunch of innings because of the concession stands lines being so long. So, and well, speaking of which, here's where it gets controversial. I think I heard you say that when you mentioned team USA, you mentioned we, so I have to assume that aside from Israel and I'm, I'm assuming team Italy, you also root for team USA as well. I only have three teams. In this tournament, yeah. Um, You're a fair you weather know. fan, Vincent. Fair weather yeah, fan. What else well, do you people call me? Because Italy and USA oh, are on the Arizona side, so no, I, uh, you know, overseas. I kind of, like I said, my wife and daughter are Jewish. Uh, I was always going to have a soft spot for Israel, but this is the only team I get to see on my side of, of things. Um, so I'm rooting for them. I eat. Look, I, Israel. I I thought they could win that Nicaraguan game, and they did um that was kind of my expectation is like win a game I didn't think they'd advance obviously you've got Dominicans and Venezuelans and Puerto Ricans in this in this pool something would have to go terribly wrong for that to happen um but I did expect USA and Italy to advance and I think the Italy one was a little bit of a hot take to some people but that's a plucky team I was like kind of excited for them and uh and they'll I mean they'll get killed by Japan 
but they uh <laughs> that that was something I expected. Like that was my expectation. I think they can advance. Obviously, I think USA will advance. I think they're I think they can win it. Uh, you know, I've I've kind of said throughout there's a big four in this tournament. I think there's now a big five because I've been vastly underestimating Venezuela. Um, but I looked back at that roster and it's a really, really good team. Um, the Dominicans are the favorite. You know, it kind of looks like them and Puerto Rico are going to cancel out here because one of them is going to get eliminated. Uh, Venezuela's already advanced. U.S. is in that mix and Japan is in that mix as well. Mm-hmm. Japan's a little tricky to me. I don't feel like they've really played anyone yet, but they did destroy their group. <laughs> so, and they're going to beat Italy. So, you know, they're going to get pretty far. So th- those are kind of the teams to me that are in the mix. I got to see Puerto Rico. So that was cool. Dominican Puerto Rico game I considered, but, it, you know, during the week and it's it was like, it was like $200 plus back then. Like when I first looked at these tickets. So that's just, a little too rich for my blood, you know, not being one of my countries playing. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, Margarita did ask me, how much did you pay? I paid $130 for three games in Arizona. Uh, I met a Colombian guy who's paid $180 for 10 tickets. It's affordable, man. And there was plenty of yeah. seats available. Uh, I mean, 47,000, uh, it's near capacity, but there was, I, I could see little dots of spaces that could still be filled to the brim. So if anybody really wanted to go to those games, they could have. And it's that's the big thing about this these uh, these tournaments is that people cannot believe how cheap it is to get to. So if you if it ever comes again, or if you're thinking of going to Miami this week, or just you know on a whim, just go go. It only comes yeah. what every three or four years, right? Yeah, the t- yep. Uh, I think it's going to be in 2026 again, which for Miami is big because the World Cup's the same year. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, it's totally affordable. It's totally doable. This actually exceeded my expectations of fun. Like I was like, all right, this will be fun for like a nerdy baseball fan like myself. I'm like you can hit me up in any part of the country, any type of game, spring training, fake game, real game, whatever. I'm going to be down to go because it's baseball. But there were legitimate other fans like me there and people were going for their country, which I'm a merciless usa fan you know and i'm not i'm unapologetic about it but in general i love when people root for their countries uh or their second countries or their third countries (laughs) so it's so for me this is like my type of tournament it's got patriotism it's got baseball it's got international competition there are elimination games coming up and it's not that hard for me to get to and it's affordable like you really can't ask for a better combination totally down to go for the full slate next time um but yeah i mean these were these were really this was a really fun experience it was cool to see different fans from kind of different cultures handling things differently nicaragua got on my nerves a little bit in the second game uh because they were obviously loud like once the fifth inning came with puerto rico you never heard from a nicaraguan fan after that it was like six one and or five one and that was it um but they were in that game and leading the whole time and it's just frustrating when you know the israeli fans act like american fans like we celebrate when something happens um, or we might celebrate like a little crescendo building when there's a big moment happening. But again, Nicaragua celebrates like Puerto Rico celebrates Dominican Republic celebrates are celebrating everything at all times. So just like they're cheering hundred percent of the time we're down one, nothing. We being Israel this time. Um, that was tough. That's tough. And then of course, Israel has the eighth inning. And like, that's when you heard like is- Israeli fans got loud, you know, for that moment, they got really loud. Um, but otherwise, they were very cute. I got greeted greeted with a shalom a couple times and some so, gift stones. Um, so that was cool. 
And uh, yeah, I, I, and you know, my wife feared a little bit for her safety. In all honesty, she's wearing a full Israeli dress, like just Star of David's all over her dress and whatnot. Um, but it, you know, they showed up. It was a good game, and that was the other kind of nice thing. It it wasn't like a bad blood country versus country thing. Not right, right. Any of these countries, I don't think, have yeah. like serious issues with each other but um it was all very much in fun like even the Nicaraguan fans next to us like we were just chatting and stuff and whatnot so there was no bad blood it was all in good fun and that's all you can ask for that was my big thing well first of all I want to just chime in that uh, you could put a you could have a little league game I could bump into a little league game at random and I'll just sit there and watch for a couple of innings that's how much yeah. I love baseball not to one-up you or anything but I've been known to do that just i would be driving like well what's going on over here who's who's winning what's yeah. the score who's no, that little Timmy. But um, the other one was, uh, I don't root for Team USA. And, and uh, not and I don't root against them. There was there's no, um, I wasn't gloating when Mexico went out big. I wasn't I, I mean, because like you mentioned, this is a baseball junkies dream. And it's not just to see your favorite players and your favorite team, but you look at other, you know, players from other teams like, hey, it's that guy. He's in, I found out that this guy named Zuniga for Colombia, who, who was throwing 102 miles an hour. He's with the st louis cardinals triple a affiliate mm-hmm. i i never heard of him before like okay I'll, I'll keep that in mind as you know i'm a big fantasy baseball freak so I'm like i'll keep that in mind for next time <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah you know, I, I i i'm i swear i wasn't going there to scout players for fantasy purposes but i was just there to enjoy myself but you do get stuck oh i remember this guy hey it's joy manessis he was he showed up for the washington nationals uh at the end of the last year and he, he was able to make a name for himself and now he made a name for himself in Mexican folklore. Uh, but, and the reason I'm, I mentioned the team USA thing, cause I get a lot of grief for that. You know, well, aren't you American? Why are you rooting for team Mexico? Are you Mexican? I'm Mexican American. Okay. Well, you're an American then. Well, I am, but I mean, I root for you know, the men's basketball team. Cause you know, I like the, the, my favorite players on that, on the, usually on those teams. So it's natural that I, it's natural to me to be rooting for team USA basketball. But when it comes yeah. to team, you know, USA baseball and soccer, I, it's not, I don't feel it, man. It's not in my heart. And I don't want to be fake. And, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't. Well, what would it, happen I don't, if Mexico is not playing? Like, what if it's U.S. versus? Then it, 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 it depends. Like, yeah. soccer, we can go on a tangent on that. But if it, like, in baseball, like, I, I was just being very polite. I wasn't rooting against Team USA. Even against the Mexican, uh, when they faced Mexico, I was very, um, I, I, I tried my best not to gloat and to rub it in people's faces not because i fear for my safety but i respect a lot of those players and there's a lot of white Sox players on, on those teams forget the hat that i'm wearing there's a lot of white Sox players on the team and i, I want to just say that team usa did not lose because of any white Sox players all right tim matters and try to get that team back in that <laughs> game and kendall graveman did his job by getting that one out in that one inning yeah, he showed up and lance lynn uh shut the door in canada yesterday as well i I mean, they won 19-1 or some crap like that, right? So he must have done something right. I missed it. I didn't watch all the game because who wants to watch a blowout, right? Unless you're there in person, regardless. But that was a, that's a thing I get flack about from a lot of my uh, friends, especially a lot of my Mexican-American friends who are rooting for Team USA. You go, why are you rooting for Team Mexico? Because I want to. It's my family. It's, you know, it's, it's, that's where I, those, those are my roots. I live my American dream, but I don't forget where I come from. And I, I just feel that affinity. And then I don't want to be a fake, Team USA fan and not feel it. I have to feel it in my heart, but I just want to say that I do respect the hell out of, the hell out of those players. And that is one scary team, like you mentioned. The pitching might be down, but the bullpen's pretty damn good. Uh, and the hitting one through ten at any at any moment's notice. And that was my big fear for Team Mexico. Okay, they're up seven one, but this damn team can put up like twelve runs in like nobody's <laughs> business. 
So, yeah, can we address that for a second? I saw that as well stirring around about the U.S. pitching. And I get what annoys me about this angle is that not a single team has their best pitchers from their countries in this tournament. Like, I get that. Yeah, like, okay, not one American Cy Young winner is in this tournament or whatever. But that's, like, part of the appeal. I mean, there were guys from Nicaragua – with like I said, I wrote yesterday the starter for Nicaragua in the game against Israel was a guy in a ball in an independent league with a six ERA last year. I don't want to hear about the U.S. not having their ideal guys starting. Like no one has a great pitching staff. Yeah, there's a Sandy Alcantara roaming around in this tournament that U.S. can't match. But overall, you're looking at the pitching staffs. U.S. has enough pitching to win this, given their offense. I mean, their offense is an absolute juggernaut. I might take their offense over the Dominican offense when all is said and done. But the pitching, like, none of these teams have great pitching. It's such a stupid cop-out to me if you're like, oh, we don't have our best pitcher. Like, no one does. That's the point of the tournament. It's like you said, part of the allure is you've got these minor league guys you've never heard of or some that you have who are getting their moments. No, I, no one knows who Garrett Stubbs is, but yesterday a Phillies prospect, AAA guy, or on, I'm sorry, on Sunday, hits a two-run double with the bases loaded in a 1-1 game in an international platform. He wins the game for Israel, the only game they're probably going to win. No one knows who Garrett Stubbs is. That was a plucky little offense, like they're fouling balls back and like trying to hit the ball out of the infield, except for the middle three, like Matt Mervis, obviously, especially as a Chicago guy. You should know who that is, big-time Cubs prospect. Yep. Um, Jock Peterson, everyone knows. Alex Dickerson, I think most people know. Other than that, for Israel, you got, you got like, no guys no one's ever heard of. They're vaguely Jewish. That's what their connection is. And, they, yeah, like, I don't want to hear for a superpower like the U.S. All right, you have Adam Wainwright on the roster. He's not exactly Garrett, Garrett Cole or whatever, but still, like, you know, suck it up. I mean, all of no one has their perfect pitching staff going. So, and that's part of the greatness. If you can't find some AAA prospect who throws 97 miles per hour, like, that's that's their problem. And Joey brought up a good point. Hey, Sandy Alcantara got whooped in his game. So even if you got the best starter yeah. on the planet, it's not a guarantee. And, and I, I feel bad for Nick Martinez because you could feel a lot of the uh, the blame goes to him in that Mexican game. Uh, but he stepped up when Clayton Kershaw stepped down, man. I mean, he showed up. He tried to give him three innings. He couldn't do it. But Nick Martinez is a solid pitcher. Uh, and he just unfortunately ran into a juggernaut. Meanwhile, for the Mexican side, for team uh, against the Team USA, Patrick Sandoval from the Angels, and you hear Angel fans complaining about how bad their pitching is. He's, he just went out there and struck out Mike Trout. So that should prove to be interesting banter in the spring nice. training. And then a guy who I really don't care about, Cubs, Javier Assad, he shut down Team USA, which if you would have told me that a Cubs pitcher would come up clutch against Team USA, I three <laughs> innings pitched by Javier Assad, two strikeouts, not in a million years would I believe you. Not in a million years. And really quick, since you mentioned the bullpen, this is the bullpen that showed up for uh, team against Team Mexico in that debacle that they had. Kendall Graveman. I mean, we all know who Kendall Graveman is. He's pretty damn good. Uh, Brady Singer, breakout year last year. He, unfortunately, they needed him to step up in relief, and uh, he needed a, he needed a relief of his own after that game. Uh, he two innings, four earned runs, and just added more to Mexico's lead. Adam Adovino, you remember him, right? I remember Adam. Yep. Yeah. Aaron Loop. Mr. September. That's right. Uh, yeah, Loop. Da- Daniel Bard and the scariest pitcher on that on that uh USA team, Devin Williams, I think. 
And Ryan Presley, who got, what, 30-some saves last year for the Houston Astros, or at least close to it. He was a closer well, for a championship-caliber team last year. They've so, got Merrill Carroll, Kelly going tomorrow, right? I hate to compliment the Diamondbacks, but, that yeah, he's not nothing. <laughs> that's a guy who can win a game. Yeah, um, that's the problem is that Team USA has a bunch of mid-rotation guys, or even bottom of the rotation guys, and, and the USA fans are offended by it. But and it's like Team Mexico, like I said, after Julio Rios, it was Patrick Sandoval. We're probably going to get Jose Urquidy pretty soon, if not tonight, then tomorrow. Uh, get solid guys, solid pitchers. What matters most, Vince, and to everybody listening, is that they showed up, right? That's I think that's the most important thing, is that they showed up. And I know you don't want to hear this. People out there, they're trying their best, and they're making, they're trying to make the best of a, of a situation, of a very uh, shaky situation right now, and... Regardless, yeah. I mean, that's I just listed you some of the best relief pitchers on the planet right now as well. I was excited for the U.S. roster when it was announced. So I'm not going to go back on that now and be like, well, <laughs> there's six other guys who could have been there instead. Like if the U.S. loses this World Baseball Classic. First of all, they're not the overall favorite. It, you know, I, I want to see them make a run. I'd love for them to get to the championship game, obviously. If they lose to a Dominican Republic, I'm not going to like cry over that. They have an outrageous roster. Um, if USA is a poor showing, which I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. I mean, Great Britain, I didn't think they looked great given the competition. They won that game. Mexico, yeah, right. they got smashed, which I was happy about in only in the sense that I think they needed a good ass kicking in group play to be like, hey, by the way, like no one's just going to roll over because you won the last tournament and the year you're the US like they needed a good ass kicking and the, and sure enough they then beat the shit out of Canada. So, I don't know what to expect from this US team going forward when they play the big boys, but <laughs> that team's good enough to win. Like they're good enough to win this tournament. I even the last World Baseball Classic team, I didn't think they had the most talented roster. They got it done. Marcus Stroman pitched a freaking gem against Puerto Rico. No one would have seen that coming. So, I don't want to hear you know, everyone's got their their issues. B plus A minus type roster out there. US is, happens to be in their pitching. Deal with it. And but on a side note, why are there like 17 Angels players in this tournament? Oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> that is like the entire true. Angels roster is on some team somewhere. Well, they're, they're fans, both for the Dodgers and the uh, Angels. They were there in abundance uh, this past weekend, too. And uh, really quick, so just to put a, a little a tail on that donkey here, just to finish <laughs> my thought about Team USA and and that dynamic and why I root for Team Mexico. I just want to do a quick shout out to Eddie Morales, uh, his friend Larry, uh, Corey Decker, his wife Tamray, Austin Spiro, and uh, I know there was other people as well that were there that day. Uh, we we went Eddie 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 everywhere we went he was bumping into someone that he knew. It's the craziest thing. I the only thing I well you remember Ricky right when we went to see the White Sox thing with him. I was gonna say is he like Ricky in Chicago? And I he's think like he's, that, uh, in Arizona. I think they're double in Arizona. I think they're doppelgangers of each other. One's Mexican American, the other one's Puerto Rican, uh, and they bump that into people at the ballpark every time they. That but, Ricky stuff was wild, man. You couldn't get a chicken sandwich in that ballpark without him knowing someone and like, but, like knowing them well too. Like he knows about their children and like their life story. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> I felt like I'd like you know. I felt like he was going to give me the keys to the city by the end of the day. Well, I felt bad at one point because we, we were kind of separated from Eddie. But then after I realized, like, everywhere he went, he was bumping into someone that he knew. I'm like, you know, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He knows everybody. He's the mayor of Phoenix, apparently, that weekend. But just a quick shout out to those guys for not giving me the business about it, about, you know, rooting for Team Mexico. That really meant a lot to me. They could have said, why are you rooting for them? I, I, you know, they could have done the same thing that my, some of my closest friends here in the Chicagoland area do to me. And they didn't. They understood what was at, what was at stake. They understood what was happening. 
Uh, and I really, I really uh, have grown a, a great appreciation. I mean, what we talk about all the time, Vince, these, these, these groups, these little Facebook yeah. groups, social media is bad, social media, this social media, that I went, what, how, how far is that from Chicago to Phoenix? What, 3,000, 4,000 miles? I don't know exactly. I went I'm hoping it's less. I'm going to look it up only because I think that you are double estimating it. Thousands of miles to meet yeah. up with people from the internet and just to uh, enjoy uh, our company and watching America's pastime baseball. I and mean, it's, yeah, it's something 1700 else. Miles, so. 1800 miles. 1800. Okay. Yeah. 17 and 1800. Well, sometimes it feels like an eternity away. Uh, hey, hey, once you get over a thousand miles, it's, it's all the same anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's a nice shout out. And, and like I said, I got, I got to meet Leon and Jacob Moses, which I had never done before in person. Um, so that was very fun. Yeah. You got the step back podcast on there. Well, yes. Yeah, step back in Dong city hung out in a, uh, in a barcade at night after that game. So we had a long, long night of, uh, of partying after that. And it was, uh, it was, I mean, it was a ton of fun. It was, you know, the life group things are so interesting now when you're in our shoes, because we've been here since day one. Mm-hmm. And what I always try to tell people who argue with me, in particular in these life groups like if you stick around if you can stick around if you can follow some basic rules and just not be a total prick five years from now as long as you don't have the weird mental breakdowns people have when they leave social media you're good like you could make legitimate friendships from common interests and that was kind of my big takeaway from the weekend in general is i i have talked to leon and jacob for five six years now it's a long time only online though but this is something in this era of the world that you can do and when we saw each other in person it's not like online dating where you're like you meet someone in person you're like oh this is you know we're not like typing anymore it was seamless I, I had a seamless experience meeting them finally in person after years of talking to them every single day we have obviously common interests and it was great so you know that's my one shout out to the life groups in general is we give you a playground to make lifelong friends. If you really want to, we have built in common interests. That's the beauty of the life groups. Like try and make the most of it. It can go beyond typing online and talking shit to someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I thought I, I felt that too. Uh, I'm very proud to be a part of this group and, 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 you know, being there with Corey and Eddie and Austin and, you know, and they I got to meet my friend Adrian too. Uh, who those you, you guys probably don't know Adrian, but uh, he's he was my best man at my wedding. So you know, I kind of ask him on a whim, "Hey, uh, you want to come with me so I can meet my friends in Arizona?" But I don't want to be by myself the whole time. Like, yeah, but I'll go with you. And and awesome. and and, and it, it was like it, it's like they knew him as well for a long time too. And, yeah. and that was and that was it. It's like yeah, we talk to each other online, but when when we're actually in person, we didn't miss a beat. It's like it's like we were long lost friends that we, we knew each other from birth or whatever, and and. We just picked up where we left off last time. So it was a very cool experience. And it's I always love these life group meetings, man. Whether it's Orlando with you or uh where else have I been in this world? <laughs> I can't remember. Or here in Milwaukee, Chicago, or here locally, Chicago. I always or shit, half a block away, apparently Tony, that's where he lives. I always uh enjoy meeting up the people I've met in these life groups. So uh, I'm, I'm always game. I'm always game to meet any of any of you guys, as long as you're not creepy or end up being a murderer, I, I you know, serial killer. I always <laughs> appreciate that. But uh, no, I think you hit it right in the head there, Vince. Uh, it's, it's a special thing that we got going. And uh, I, I love the community that we uh, kind of help cultivate here. 
Um, yeah, meanwhile, I've got several questions being answered in the comment section. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Aaron Lopez. Earlier, he's like, hey, uh, I think he said if Dominicans win, you know, I'm going to go to the game. And I'm like, where does this guy live? For some reason, I thought he lived in Chicago. Apparently, he lives in Orlando. So he's oh. like my neighbor, and I just didn't know this. And uh, and and then apparently Angel Morales used to live in Florida. Which, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's what I'm taking from this comment section here. Now he lives in Utah. I thought he was just a Hispanic Mormon this entire time, but apparently he also used to live in Florida. So here we go. Well, he um, also lived in Mexico for a while too. He, he's well traveled. He, how does everyone know that he's like? First of all, is he like 19 years old? Like how? Do, how has he lived in all of these places already? He's about 25, 26. Oh well, because he's a Mormon. He's out, he goes on those missions, brother. <laughs> he's got on missionary trips, different missionary parts trips, of the yeah. country, and watching baseball. Um, <laughs> except in Utah, 25. <laughs> there we go. So yeah. Anyway, um, it's, it's nice to see that breaking out. And and as Henry wanted to point out, we we beat the step back in everything, including basketball. I'm not going to mention that Jacob Moses, the second one, we all did basketball for a while and Henry and I kept coming in, in first and second for the most part, but then Jacob like later in the night played basketball and he like doubled all of our scores. Ooh. So there. Yeah, he, he was uh he was uh hustling you guys he's a hustler baby yeah i think so one, one comment i want to read is from christopher uh I, I talk with him sparingly every once in a while but yeah uh, i'm pretty sure you talk to him more i think he's a yankees fan right christopher henry chris henry yeah he's a yankee fan. Chris henry. No, he, no. well chris henry's a, a bengal's ex-wide receiver uh rest in peace awesome. this is christopher yeah. henry so don't get those confused i just want to point out that this is what he said about me i don't want to sound creepy but i've never heard felipe speaking voice before I'm a little bit in love with him now. That's I like that now that you said that in a seductive voice. So like, oh, he I has to, to do it. Like, yeah. I give the people what they want. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. My voice. Yeah. Those said tones um, and everything. Chris Henry, super nice guy. He is actually a Vince disciple. I, I put him into the life group. So glad, <laughs> glad you guys are, are, you know, finding some romance together. That's nice. Well, see, see, Angel, we're not, you're not the only one doing missions here. We're doing missions all the time for the life groups as well, man. So yeah. um, go ahead. I've got three, nothing Dominican right now over Israel. Israel has a hit by the way. So I don't, you know, in my mind, you better look out Dominicans because Puerto Rico didn't allow that. Also, uh, you said that Italy was on. I thought you said that Italy was on the Arizona side. I just want to make sure that you knew that they were in the China and the, the Taiwan Chinese tap. Oh, sorry, yes, I more or less meant they are not on the Florida side. But uh, you're right. I to your credit, not they are not in Arizona either. To your credit, you did mention that uh, that that they were going to face Japan in the in the knockout stages. So yes, which now that makes sense. Um, yeah, I uh, that I saw that was next matchup. I you know that's probably where the road ends for Italy. I really hope I don't remember how they do. Is it always the same teams go to the same places? I mean, obviously the U.S. will always play in the U.S., but like, I would Italy know. theoretically go to the U.S. in twenty twenty six, or I are they going to stay there? Remember, but if that's the case, I'm not a fan of that. I would like to see more randomization with yeah. all the teams. Let's face it. Let's be real. Let's be real. Real. Want to be real? Real about it. Yeah. Some pools are stronger than others. All right. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. In Miami, for example, you couldn't, you tell me you couldn't send 
Team Puerto Rico to Japan, or maybe Team Puerto Rico didn't want to go to Japan. I don't know how it right. works. Honestly, I don't know. If you guys know in the comments, please let me know and educate us. I just, you know, I went full meatball for this one. I didn't care about the rules. I didn't. Care. I just want to see Team Mexico play. And I feel like Venezuela everything. is the odd man out. Like, why are they? In <laughs> They're Venezuela? always the odd man out. They're you know, always like the Puerto Rico, Dominican. All right, you got that rivalry going. A lot of Puerto Ricans in Florida, um, and yeah, obviously, like it's not that far. <laughs> so i i don't know if, if i'm assuming venezuela is further than both but um yeah that's my question why put the third juggernaut in our in our pool over here and it, I like, have a, how unfair is that to nicaragua you know i always have a theory that they make sure that the communist countries stay on stay as far <laughs> away from america like, as possible get but, that shit out of Venez the u.s but venezuela is a socialist country, and they're here in the u.s Albeit, you know, they're not a threat to the fact because, you know, whatever. But, you know, why not put Venezuela in one of those weaker pools? Why not? Yeah, like spread that out a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, Nicaragua and Israel, not, they're probably not going to advance anyway because Dominicans and Puerto Ricans are there. But still, like uh, that seems rude. You've got three of the top five teams in the entire tournament in one pool. Yeah. Uh, granted, I you know it's my treasure. I got to see one of them, and and it's in my neck of the woods. But still, that seems very. I'd, I'd I'm with you. I, I hope they mix it up, and I hope they send Italy here uh, in 2026. I'd love to see the, the. If you had told me as a little kid that Italy would be playing in an international baseball tournament. <laughs> I would have been like, do they even know what side of the bat to use? Like, it's just, you know, I know we've got a lot of old school Italians who played baseball, but those are not like 99% Italian Americans. I mean, we're not providing a pipeline out of Italy to play baseball. So, you know, for me, there's a little bit of that too. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe we've arrived in that sense. Modern day too. It's not like there's a bustling Italian population uh, in the majors. I'd, I'd imagine it's not that big of a pool. So that's exciting for me. I'd love to see them live. I think that'd be great. And I've I got a shirt totally prepared if it ever happens. I think here's another reason why they don't do random uh, teams, Vince. It's it's a money grab, right? Why would you get rid of Team Mexico away from Arizona just for the sake of fairness? Same thing with Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. Florida's, yeah. Miami's not too far away from those islands. And Venezuela, you know, they they I want to say they travel well. I, I, I want to believe that there's actually Venezuela contingent in Florida as well. Why, why do that? Why take away Japan away from Japan when they can make a boatload of money? Same thing. Well, now I don't know what's going to happen with Taiwan because they're out of the out of, out of the, uh, the whole thing now. So what do you do then? Do you go to Australia now and make an Australia yeah. bracket? So lots of things to consider when an Australia bracket would be. I awesome. thought about it. I mean, because yeah. Taiwan's eliminated. Taiwan's usually the second Asian team. And that's where all the other uh, teams go from Europe and stuff. But now that they're gone, what what happened? Well, Assuming that they don't uh, play their way into like into the pool, like because you know, now they got to work their way from the bottom all the way up. Where do you go from there? Do you do you consider going to Australia? Um, yeah, yeah, because that's a, that's a hot. Or do you want to take it a step further and and have a team Italy bracket where they play in Rome at the Coliseum? Yeah. I'm just making that up at the Coliseum. Let's, let's say they have a European bracket. I mean, you know, I'm sure you, you well, you already have Great Britain. Yeah, uh, you got it. Yet the Dutch they could dominate that pool. Not a great showing. I that could be a, a fun pool. I'm telling you. Uh obviously you've got a North American one, Canada, Mexico, US. The NAFTA Puerto agreement. Rico. Um yeah, I mean I it's it'll be interesting too. I I I think the biggest the biggest biggest takeaway of this is 
this tournament is only going in one direction. And that is, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter and going up and up and up. I mean, this is, I think, you know, we got screwed in the Olympics and the Olympics seems to be falling apart in general. I like this better. Oh, yeah. now, now we've got our own thing. And this is honestly behind the World Cup. It's going to obviously, it'll never catch the World Cup because, you know, soccer is just more popular worldwide. But in terms of my excitement, this is going to get there very, very fast. Um, I am one of those people, like I said, anytime U.S. or Italy or whoever is in an international tournament, I'm up for that. Um, I do not like watching soccer except for the World Cup. I'm totally that fan. But I will root the shit out of U.S. and Italy in the World Cup. And I swear to God, Italy better make the next one. Um <laughs> I was, I was legitimately confused. I was like, wait, Italy didn't qualify? Like, how does that? I thought we just had instant qualification for eternity. Apparently, that's not true. So, um, but this, I mean, this is this is a locomotive at this point. I mean, it, it's it's obviously more popular than last tournament. And I think the next one will be even more popular. So that's my biggest takeaway. And the greatest thing to see is that it's just, it's been a ton of fun. Like people are really, really enjoying it. I actually, at this point, feel badly. If you are one of those people who's like, these are just exhibition games. They don't matter. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're really missing the point. Like it just let down the guard a little bit and try and get into one of these things. You all have a country. <laughs> Even if you could be from 19 different countries living in the U.S., you can root for the U.S. Like that no one's going to hurt you. Um I feel bad for baseball fans who have not been following this because it's just it's that much fun. And your favorite players, I don't care what team you root for, your favorite players are actually going full tilt in these games instead of taking yeah. it like 65% at spring training. You're not watching spring training games. Stop lying to us. Stop lying to yourself. Get right. your ass on the TV. Put on what, what channel are they on? Fox Sports or whatever. And watch your damn favorite players play for their damn countries. It's not a big, it, no, like you said, no one's going to hurt you. No one's going to hold it against you. Just enjoy baseball while we have it. This is a great tournament. And the players, I was there in person. You were there in person. They're trying 100%. Yeah. They want to win every single goddamn game that's out there. So Flipping it, out, like flipping out in big spots. Enjoy the um, you're, you're not doing that in spring training. And look, and I'm saying this as a Yankee fan and an American. Like I, I should be the demographic that's like this tournament blows. Like my team refuses to play in it. <laughs> And, and it's during the spring, like games don't count. Like I'm a Yankee fan. I should only care about playoff games in MLB. And that's just not the case. <laughs> so I've got three countries. I have no Yankee rooting interest in any of this. Um, you know, Loiza guy was actually rooting for and he blew it, which I'm fine with because Israel benefited, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I should be the person who's like, this sucks and I'm not because it's awesome. So if you are that person, I think it says more about you than it does about the tournament at this point like there's exactly you can't deny this has been super fun well i loved it i loved uh, spending time with you right now even though i didn't get to meet you up in florida but i feel like i was there with you and i'm pretty sure you now you feel i've got a little taste of what it was to be in arizona uh yeah. say people you say what you will that nobody cares nobody cares i'll tell you man the the crowd was on top of those players, and I think those players felt it. I get chills just talking about it. it one of, like I said, one of the greatest sporting events I've ever been in, uh, had the privilege of being in there in person. And uh, I look forward to many, many years of this. Uh, uh, and hopefully, you mentioned the World Cup. Maybe that's on a, that's on my bucket list too. One day, I want to be able to see Team Mexico Mexico play um, 
either in the World Cup or at the very least an international competition, whatever one of those lower cups are, even next, even an exhibition game. I'll take that. Yeah, and that's the thing, Vince. Soccer, they play exhibition games. They come in droves, man. Same yeah. thing with so. Even if it's an exhibition game, these baseball, this baseball tournament, as you think, who cares? Go and enjoy it. Anyway, it's, you know, it, it's about rooting interest. You, you could go play in a backyard if you have the right guys and you have the right reason to root for them. The fans are going to show up. Uh, that's my point with the Marlins. It has nothing to do with where they're located, and it never has. What it has to do with is that team has not had back-to-back seasons of competing. It's never won a division. It's never had back-to-back playoff appearances. It's torn down the team after the 97 championship to prevent any sort of momentum, after the 2003 championship to prevent any momentum, after the new stadium in 2012, they had another fire sale to prevent any sort of momentum. It has never at any point given any fans the reason to root for them. And this is proof these games don't count. They're group play. They're countries that are not in Florida. (laughs) And... They're showing up two and three times the attendance for these games in March. So there's no reason to think this is a geographical purpose as to why the Marlins aren't drawing. And we really need, it's not just a Florida thing for me, all the rays also apply to a degree. We have to stop doing this with baseball teams. If baseball teams are not drawing, it is 100% on their ownership for not putting out an acceptable product. We are like this with every other form of consumerism. Anything else, we'd say it's a shitty product. That's why I don't buy it. But with baseball, it's like, oh, my God, we have to do everything we can possibly do to make sure they're drawing fans. And those just aren't good fans. It's not true. Marlins has nothing to do with their fan base. It has to do with the fact they don't know how to grow one because they don't invest money into the team. So that's it. That's another takeaway from this tournament. Last thing I want to add, because you mentioned it, man. Um, Go for it. So a lot of the... So you mentioned how Major League Baseball is having all these rules, and a lot, you hear, you see the people complaining. Why is Major League Baseball changing up all the rules uh, just to get fans who are not going to watch anyway? Well, if the idea is to get casuals, nothing is says, "Hey, casual fan, come watch this game." Then having a patriotic tournament with all your countries in the world. The chat mentioned it. Hey, the Colombian woman, man, they were there in droves. I know there. I was there in person. Obviously, these guys saw it on television. Yeah, uh, let's put it this way. Those Colombian women, I am pretty darn certain that they're not baseball junkies like you and me. Like, there's many reasons to attend these tournament, this tournament. Many reasons. We mentioned them all. But yeah. for a casual fan to attend these games, make those flights from their countries to Arizona, to Miami, and sometimes to Tokyo and, and uh, Taiwan, and to be there in full support, I don't know how hardcore they are with their baseball, but if that is the target audience... And mind you, Vince, they're playing by 2022 rules now. They're not mm-hmm. playing by 2023 rules. That, that's, that was a running joke I made. Well, now they're playing by 2019 rules here, 2020 rules, 2018 rule. Because, you know, they, they don't have the, the pitch clock. They don't have the, uh, oh, the, the oh the shift. The shift was in full effect in this tournament, too. I, I, know, I, I think you might have noticed that, didn't you? I saw some shifts. I feel like I didn't see a ton of them, but oh, there was a lot in them in, the, in this side of the world, man. Now, you know what I also saw a lot of, and maybe there's a correlation here: a lot of opposite field signals. This Jeff was McNeil, like a, yeah. a very small ball. The two games I went to, and maybe it was the makeup of the rosters. For instance, Nicaragua zero power, and today they had one run on eleven hits, and I kind of just laughed at that because I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense. They're probably all singles." Um, <laughs> 
Israel, you know, outside of their big three, like I said, very little power. Uh, I think that's part of it. I, I think because they can't fill out rosters of nine guys who can hit 25 home runs, you're seeing a lot of the stuff that kind of disappeared in the majors, opposite field singles and bunts and things like that. Um, but apparently, I mean, you know, they're still shifting and stuff. You know, that stuff still exists. Yeah, because they're playing in t- by 2022 rules. And the last thing here, you mentioned the Marlins, how future their attendance are. The biggest stroke of the tournament was Canada versus Great Britain. They were fighting for the Commonwealth and the bragging rights there. I see the box score attendance, and I think you might have mentioned this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? It matched the Marlins. 11,555 people. Don't tell me this tournament doesn't draw. Don't tell me this tournament nobody cares about. People care. Great Britain, Columbia, three hours and 50 minutes, drew almost as many fans as the Marlins game on average. It, 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 it works people. Columbia, and that was yesterday so it was on a monday at 12 local time <laughs> during the day on a monday great britain columbia three hours and 50 minutes draws just about as many as a marlins game would that's that is unbelievable to me and they're playing by 2022 rules i cannot emphasize that enough all right yeah, we've gone I'm sorry, what was that? I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, no, you're right, yeah, and playing old school rules. And the, oh. the last thing I'll leave you with is Caribbean Series in Florida 2024. Are World you inviting? 2026, <laughs> World Baseball Classic 2026. Just saying, Felipe, I think it's time Penny and Shea meet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will see idea. you sometime in the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> if not sooner. Yeah, not sooner. Like you mentioned, your girl's going to want to go to Disneyland. Like or Disney World, sorry. I'm like, damn yeah. it, he's right. Anyway, if you have nothing else, I am uh, I'm gassed. I'm still tired from my trip. I'm going to go take a nap. You got any last words for me, Vince, before I let you go? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. It was good to loosen up the pipes here. Um, Henry and I, like I said, returning with Dong City on Monday, March 27th. Speaking of Shay, that's her first birthday. Um, celebrating the day before. No one get mad at me for being a neglectful father. Um, so, yeah, Monday, then, Monday night, I think 8 p.m., <laughs> 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central, exact same time slot as this, but on a Monday, March 27th, Dong City will return. Um, We do not have a set schedule. Uh, We are not like total bases. We're not that organized. We will probably pop in the like twice a month to, uh, you know, for trying to, we're trying, we're trying to make it like an event type show. So we're trying to, you know, center it around some baseball events that are going on. Um, So we look forward to that. Obviously, March 27th, start of the baseball season. So we'll have... Baseball previews. I, for I that. take the compliment. I'm trying to be organized like you, man. I'm trying to be organized like you. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I am like 300 Excel sheets behind you. So ah, scary. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, the next episode for us it's a uh, Sunday night, I believe. Uh, we have our Mardi Gras Madness. That's my 20th plus year with those guys playing fantasy baseball. I decided I'm just going to do the live draft right there on the spot instead of doing the the post draft show because that takes up a lot of my time. So Austin and Melvin of the Baseball Cosmos, Austin of the Round Trippers podcast. Again, life group difference, right? Now we all have our own little podcast where we talk and share ideas. You guys are more than welcome to show up for that as well and, and make fun of our picks. Or hell, maybe I'll even take some advice from you guys. Maybe the uh, the experts become the apprentices, some of you people out there. Uh, join us for that as well. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that last year for the for the podcast league when we had all close to 10 people in, in one screen uh, just kind of uh, going through the motions. And Vince, we've done that before. It was a mock draft, but we've done that before. Mm-hmm. It works out pretty well, I would think, right? It's fun. No, those are fun. It's yeah. it's fun to have like a live retelling of uh, of fantasy drafts in like real time. 
exactly. You know what someone's thinking. I think that's important. Absolutely. Well, anyway, that's where you can see us, uh, Donk City, Total Basis Podcast. We are still going to be doing this for a bit longer until the cows come home or until I lose my uh, dulcet voice. But for Vince over there, I am Felipe. We will see you all next time. Take care, everybody.